0: Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms.
1: This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast.
0: Julia Fox is the main event of this podcast. Are celebrities just like us? Yes or no? You'll find out. This is a very, very short opening because we've got to get through the content.
2: Anyway, let's go. Cater. Cater. Flex and Frooms. You're listening to Flex and Frooms. What the frick? Question for you, Froomey. Does it make you feel better? good to feel like celebrities are just like you no
0: why not um I don't know I don't really get much out of it Mm. I think of them yeah I've never really thought about that never I have too much of an individuality (laughs) complex to think that me thinking about them would do anything for me
2: yeah I feel you I feel you Julia Fox Kanye West's ex-girlfriend who knows what that relationship was, um, has been really active on TikTok. She's one of the very few celebrities who Gen Z has managed to um, allow to stay on the platform. (laughs) Her and Lizzo, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she did an impromptu apartment tour Um, where she was just like, you know what, look, like here's a bit of context for how I live so you can stop saying things like I'm a millionaire. I think it came off the back of somebody asking if her net worth that comes up when she's Googled is accurate. She kind of dodged the question, was like really vague and evaded and was like, look at how I live. Like clearly I'm not making heaps of money. So she pants across her apartment in New York, which is what I would describe as extremely regular for somebody who is not a celebrity. Can I see it? A
1: giggly. And so I'm going to give you guys an apartment tour. Have you seen? And I know I'm going to get roasted oh. and whatever, but hopefully...
2: You can both see someone that. can
1: watch this and be like, okay, well, maybe I'm not doing so bad. <laughs> um, so we can start in my bedroom, which is the living room. So, yeah, I put my bed here in the living room so I could turn my bedroom into a little playroom for Valentino um, I know I have that clothing rack there that I really need to get rid of. But anyway, yeah, this is Valentino, where Valentino hangs out. And oh, this is my nostalgia mirror. Um, that's Valentino when he was born. That's my friend Harmony who passed away. That's my friend Jonna Wow, let keep going. And this is my kitchen area. Don't judge me. I know, oh, cotton candy machine. I know it's really messy. I also have shoeboxes in. The kitchen which is very common for new yorkers this is valentino's room um i put the most effort in this room i think i put a little loft and i really wanted him to have a cute room however he does not hang out in here at all
2: so we've got the gist of that yes, we've I've all seen that let me not interrupt your first impressions i'd love to hear what you think
0: wow she lives like us oh, i've been to New not new- like me
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Not like me. Remember us,
0: us? Yeah. She's one of us. I, if I, I've I, stayed in New York in an apartment and even that apartment was bigger and I was on a 23-year-old budget at the time and it was cooler too. It was yeah. like what I imagined Julia Fox's house would be like. Yeah. Do we want the illusion to be shattered?
2: Well, No. I don't. Yeah, I don't want the illusion to be shattered, but I do think it's helpful to balance the scales of the narrative. But unfortunately, I feel like as with most things, the internet's taken it too far and has used the state of Julia's house as almost like a a tool to create less distance between them and celebrity. People do this often on the internet, right? Like they get these really clear narratives of celebrities, their fame, their wealth, they like their distance from reality like they just they're, they're living like extreme circumstances wearing these really like expensive clothes going to these really exclusive places having these really exclusive experiences and people want to put that to the side and say because i found something that i can resonate with they're just like us which means i'm just like them mm. and it confuses the narrative because well, number one it's not true but what happens is that people now start to attribute certain qualities to people by virtue of things like this. So just before, let's say even six months ago, Julia Fox is this like, Prissy Valley girl who's dating like the biggest rapper in the world and you know it's probably an agreement he's probably paying her and oh my goodness she's at every fashion show and she was in Uncut Gems and she's having this huge come up like she is a celebrity she was famous at that point right we don't know anything about her wealth but we know that she's a celebrity. Her and Kanye break up, but she's still invited to shows, which means she's still allowed to maintain celebrity status. We're still memeing her. We're still acknowledging her. She's still a celebrity. And therefore we assumed she must be rich. She must be well off. We don't know her financial status, but we do know she's a celebrity. Then she comes out and says, well, I made like minimum wage for uncut gems, right? Like I mean- it was like award rate or whatever. Everyone's like, Mm, I don't know, it won awards and it was a big movie and Adam Sandler, still a celebrity, right? And then you get to her house and you say, well, because she's made this choice to live in a way that mirrors how regular people live, therefore regular person. It starts to like fragment this idea of what we think celebrity is. Like, what did you think it was? How do you view, like, because with most celebrities, you never see the behind the scenes. You're never gonna see the exact condition they're living in, their exact bank balance, but you allow these like symbols to create a really clear narrative for you. Up until you saw her house, you swear up and down. That's a celebrity. And now you're not so sure. Yeah. Interesting. She's just like us. Why? What is it about her living like that that makes you now also similar? And what is it about like this acquisition of celebrity which makes you think they're so far different from Mm, you? mm.
0: Well, it's a classic like would you rather be rich or would you rather be famous? Mm -hmm. I think being famous and not being rich would be difficult. Yeah. Or, you know, like it's hard like that's why she did it. It's hard that people assume you live a certain way when you don't actually get the benefits of it and people just judge you Mm. that you would get all these perks and whatnot. And it's true so much so much acting and those kind of like creative roles don't pay anything. But our idea of how much they pay or so many people's idea of what they pay is totally like the way celebrities make money is endorsements, fam. Yeah. Or if you're a Cape Lanchette and you're getting X amount of millions for a <laughs> That's
2: very specific. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about her.
0: <laughs> Yeah.
2: But also just like I love, I don't love, but I think it's interesting how she prefaced it with like, you guys are going to make fun of me, you know, and New Yorkers do this all the time. And it's not just, it's not just me. Like everybody's like this. It's, you see almost like the push and pull between her wanting to maintain, like I'm regular. And I I was just thrust into celebrity and I'm right here versus like, I'm not regular. I'm a star, you know, Mm. I'm I'm a star. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to do both. It really is. I think it's going to be really challenging for celebrities now and in the future to keep trying to teeter between that line of like i'm exactly like you versus i'm different because mm-hmm. either way it's gonna bite you there's a reason why up until this point celebrity has been meticulously crafted because like if you confuse the narrative you make it difficult for yourself this doesn't make her any more likable in a way that's going to get her a job or like get her fans that are going to help her bolster her career Do you reckon? it's good for chatter you don't reckon it's going to could bolster? Not in, a, not in a significant way. You know what bolsters a career? Winning an award, a Grammy. That bolsters a career. This is good for fanfare, for that really cheap fanfare that is going to leave as quickly as it came. Wow. I mean, they're already turning on her on TikTok anyway. She's getting cancelled as we speak. She said something about something mascara, I don't know, not oh, across it. Oh my God. This is what it is. Love chatting to you. <laughs> See ya.
1: This is Flex and Frooms. On Cater.
2: The
0: other day, I was talking to my friend about wisdom teeth. Mm -hmm. I said how I've got one growing out the back that started growing probably two years ago. And she's like, oh, does it hurt? And I go, nah, it doesn't hurt at all. And she said, you know what that means? That means you're less evolved. (laughs) And I thought, that doesn't make sense, love. Turns out- only our early ancestors needed wisdom teeth. So originally we needed it to chew through things better because obviously we were eating sinewy muscles and meat. Don't get your phone. Don't triple no, I'm, check. Looking,
2: no, I'm looking for my lip arm. Oh. Please, <laughs> getting your double check. The Karen came out. And just put your phone. So
0: yeah. apparently, I because
2: anything,
0: <laughs> because early humans needed to chew coarse, hearty foods, they required a broader jaw. Wisdom teeth grew <laughs> in to make them more to give them more chewing power for this purpose. Because the jaw was wider, the wisdom teeth were also able to grow in with no difficulties. So, if your wisdom teeth grow out and you're not in pain. You're less evolved.
2: I'm trying to understand the phrase less evolved. Like, does that mean within your family bloodline, like you're closer to the Neanderthals than I am?
0: Well, not Neanderthals, the Homo sapiens. Okay, great. However, on the topic of uh, Neanderthals. No need. (laughs) (laughs) Some people have actual Neanderthal blood in them because humans obviously killed all the Neanderthals, but we also inbred with them. Neonathals were supposedly smarter than humans. But, but humans how we are, kill them? Humans are more bloodthirsty and savage.
2: How's that? And you're all here trying to convince you, you're good people. No, I can never do a bad thing. I got all three of my wisdom teeth taken out. Three? Do you have four? Yeah, there's one more that's not ready to come out yet. She's not ready and that's fine because it wasn't an enjoyable experience. But I do like the dentist. It's fun. That reminds me the um, bloodthirsty human thing, there's this game called Epic Battle Simulator, where essentially you take um, two different types of savage things. So you could do like a 100,000 archers, like, you know, bow and arrows and like 20,000 T-Rexes. And then this, it does a battle simulation and then you can guess who wins. And like, it shows you the whole battle. What? It's so sick. I watched one the other day. Okay. Who do you think would win? Yep. Um, Twenty thousand werewolves versus a hundred thousand Roman soldiers. Oh, the werewolves! Yeah, they're chewing through. They're the ground. Like, yeah, yeah. Fun though. Like you fully get to watch the whole battle simulated. It's very interesting. What's it called? Epic Battle Simulator. Check that out. Yeah, I love learning. Anyway, that was fun. You less evolved beast. I could have told you that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just listen to the show for an hour. Flex and Frames. Flex and Frooms. Kato, never miss a beat.
0: Flexy, I have started detailing my dreams whenever I wake up. Nice. As we know on the Flex and Frames show, I don't like talking about dreams because I think they're boring. Like, if I get someone tell you about your dream.
2: I think if you hear about someone's dream and it's boring, they're just a bad storyteller. Ooh, That's
0: a good point. That's okay. I want to hear about it if I was in it. Please, if you're a listener and I'm (laughs) in your dreams, tell me more. So I started writing down my dreams. I'm finding it cathartic for my anxiety because I'm noticing things come up and I'm like, Mm. oh, that's because this happened that day. And it's also helping me delineate between my waking hours and my sleeping hours because sometimes something will happen in my dream and then I feel off that day or I get confused and I think that something that happened in my dream happened in real life. I seem to get it twisted. But since writing down my dreams, I've noticed something very psychologically interesting. And that is that there are specific made up locations that keep coming up in my dreams.
2: What do you mean made up?
0: Because they're not real locations,
2: but they come back to me in my dreams. Can you describe a few of them so I can understand what you mean? Yeah, I wrote one down this morning. Because the reason why I say, how do you know they're made up is because you know how there are theories that your dreams are just a catalogue of all the data that your subconscious mind has seen, smelt, tasted, heard, and logged because your subconscious mind never forgets anything. It has no agenda. It just stores it all. And so they say your dreams are like a an amalgamation of all that stuff. But, yes, tell me about this ultimate location.
0: So one of them is this mansion on, on grounds on a big, big, like, winding – undulating like greenery and hills and the first dream i had about it years ago i couldn't even tell you when i was in like a ball gown dress and it was kind of like a french provincial inside the mansion all fragments and then it was in here again when i was running through with my friend ben going on a run through the grounds and then i was in a cot um
2: overlooking this so road. it's not bridgerton No, no, (laughs) it's not. It was, it's not,
0: but it's just so weird or I have like certain roads or certain types of towns and stuff that keep coming up in my dreams. That is so cool. It's cool.
2: And the location thing is super interesting because I always know, or I used to think that I would have a nightmare when the dream was at my family home. Oh, Every time i wake up, I was like, here we go, here we go. As in when you were physically staying at your family's house? No, like if I wake up in a dream, if I come to in a dream and the location is my family home, that was the signal that I was going to have a nightmare.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, okay, because then stuff starts going downhill. Yeah. Oh, I just get the scary sense that dreams are real.
2: Oh, yeah. And
0: I don't like that. Yeah. This crazy world we're living in.
2: Literally. This one is the crazy one, babe. <laughs> I, I think they're both as bad as each other. Literally. Oh, I love that. Any other alternate
0: locations? Um, there's also th- the thing of like when I was telling you about my supposed synesthesia, the jury's out of whether or not I have it. Where? Well, I'll-
2: why is the jury out all of a sudden? You went from self-diagnosed <laughs> no, no, to no now no. you're going back on it. I never. If you listen to it back, <laughs> I was never self diagnosed Probably the, um, people DMing you being like, you definitely have that because I, know- I also <laughs>
0: Also ADHD, I a lot. Yeah. And s- uh, that I'm on the spectrum, which yes. is all assumed, which is fine. Um, Always, like, sometimes I'll say something and I'll imagine a random road that really is real. And whenever I say some things, it just evokes that same evokes. Are we talking that about the dream memory. or synesthesia? This is synesthesia in real life. Like, I'll be telling you about something and I'll think of a place yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not related. Anyway, dreams, what are they? I'd love to speak to a dream expert about the made-up places because I always heard the same as you that – you never dream a random face. It's always a face. We should scene. talk to a
2: psychotherapist.
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to go there.
2: Yeah, I think we should talk to a psychotherapist because, you know, when, when mine was telling me about how to analyze my dreams, he was saying, you know, it's your subconscious mind. There is no broad way to analyze what happens in your head. So we should get help unpacking our own minds, not these like generalized, like, if you dream about money, that means you're going to lose money. <laughs> <laughs> Flex and Frooms. They're the best. What a duo. Cater. One of the unfortunately most millennial thing about me why is does, that. Why does
0: millennial have to be a derogatory term?
2: It's not derogative. I think it's just a descriptor. The fact that you're taking it derogatively is telling me. It's telling. I just said one of the most millennial things. Look, everyone's. Why had, are you upset? Everyone's
0: dumping on the millennials. I just want to say it's ageism. Okay. <laughs> As someone who is a it's cusp. It's ageism. I live in both communities and I must say I'm not here for the
2: slander. See, nobody would know you're a cusp.
0: Because <laughs> I'm a boomer Place, place What was before the boomer?
2: I don't think there was one
0: Yeah, nothing Golden generation Oh No I don't know anyone that
2: old Grandmas Betsy's and whatnot Understood I've got a young family Anyway, anyway, anyway Oh my god, my grandma's dead <laughs> <laughs> What was her name? Um, Mary Okay, we listening? Yeah from the from the top, everyone. Yeah, so one of the most millennial things about me is that I've definitely gotten sucked into Treat Yourself culture. I don't know what show that's from, what meme. I feel like it's one of those, like, comedy ones. People like to watch treat The yourself. Office or something. I don't know. But I, I've gotten sucked into it so much for a number of things. And we don't need to therapize it. You know, we can understand when you don't grow up with a lot of money and you, you come into it, you're like, I deserve it all because I didn't have it before. I'm entitled. But I found myself last year especially just being, like, looking around my house and being, like, okay, no, this this is how it happened. Somebody asked me why I haven't done, like, a homewares haul in a little bit, right? And I was, like, I don't need anything. And they were, like, oh, no, but just, like, cute knickknacks or whatever. And, like, oh, yeah, that... And then got nippy. Oh, that wall's empty. That art would look really good, or whatever. And I was like, I just don't need anything, right? And so that phrase kept coming up when people would be like, Oh, you know, are you gonna buy something for that event? I don't need. I don't need anything. Or are you gonna? uh, Do you see the new collection? I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. And then when I had some quiet time and I had more time to be on my phone, like near the end of the year, I found myself just wanting to go on like shopping websites and like just to see what was out there um, and then not buy anything. But there was a little voice in my head that was like, just get it, you've been so good, (laughs) just get it, you've been so good. And it's really like disconcerting because number one, stuff doesn't fill the void, number two, the more stuff you have, the more of a lifestyle you need to maintain to maintain having stuff and the physical space required to keep stuff is just it's ridiculous to me and so I've been thinking a lot about like what parts of myself need that like at one point a part of me needed this idea that I was deserving of this stuff right a part of me needed to know like you could buy it if you wanted to you could buy it if you wanted to it's all used. but now I'm like let's Let's put a pillow over her face. <laughs> what shifted? I just think that like I bought too many things I thought were gonna be like game changing. And it was just fine. But what I got left with was like the memory of the money I spent. Mm. The memory of the money I spent to like create space to stock that stuff. Um you know, like going to Ghana especially. And like, you know, I remember when I told my friends I was just taking one suitcase. I was like, one suitcase is so unlike you. I'm like, I don't need more stuff. Babes need a bike short and a singlet top and we're on the go. So I'm like, I need to just annihilate that part of myself who is like at odds with that fact. Like I can still buy stuff, but why is the instinct like when I have downtime to be like, what can I Mm. consume? And I was telling a friend, I'm like, it's like I need to like hire things. Like, you know, when you see a pretty thing, like a pretty vase, I just want to like have it for a bit and give it back.
0: Really? Yeah. I need to know that it's mine. Huh. I need to collect things that are mine. Mm. Yeah. I'm starting to go into my buying things era, but I would get things, I, I would get something out of like hoarding money or like trying to collect money. Mm. So I think it oscillates. But yeah, if you have any hand me downs,
2: I'm about to have heaps. I feel like I'm in that. Era. I'll buy some stuff off you. I love that. Circular economy! Green, girls. let's get to it!
0: Also, while we're here, deep can you please unban me? I wanna buy some circular do you want economy. An email? Yeah, I do actually, please me if I have an email.
1: <laughs> You've been listening to the Flex and Frooms daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.